Welcome to the State Bar of Texas podcast, your monthly source for conversations and curated content to improve your law practice with your host, Rocky Deer. Hello, welcome to another episode of the State Bar of Texas podcast. We're recording live from the annual meeting here, the State Bar of Texas's annual meeting, and it's from Austin, Texas that we're recording from. And so I've mentioned this already before. I was trying to come up with like a quippy way to start this show. And so I talked about Lady Bird Lake, how it's really the Colorado River, much to everybody's chagrin. And I talked about being at the JW Marriott, how it's awesome being off of Congress Avenue. But uh, I think I'm just going to say it's really awesome to be here. It's been a while since I've been in Austin. I'm looking forward to trying some barbecue, and I've got a wonderful lineup of guests. And obviously, as you've guessed, I am not Rocky Deer. He is off doing Conference Matters, a surprise interview coming up later in the day, which we're going to be very, very... Um it's our privilege to bring it to you. It's actually going to be a fun one. So hope you guys look forward to that. I won't spill the beans just yet. I'll let Rocky do that. But anyway, I'm Lawrence Coletti. I'm your guest host for today, and I've got a wonderful lineup of guests. And I'm going to need some help with y'all's names. I'm sorry. I, I did my best. I, it took me forever to get the first name. So I've got Nada, and it's is it Kirikos? Kiriakos? It's Rung Rungpo. Oh, my gosh. I Not even close. I'm not even close. So uh, anyway, no. Oh, there we go. So Nada's over there. She's off to my left. And, and everybody that doesn't have a uh, camera on me right now, I've got like uh, a little notepad that's telling me who's who because I get confused. And so and then I've got Samya. And Samya, your last name is, wait, your, your last name is Kiriakos. I Kiriakos, yeah. Kiriakos. Okay. And then we've got Alicia. Alicia Husky. I think I got that one. Yes, you nailed it. All right. Perfect. Sorry about that. I, just one of those days uh, running on too little caffeine. Uh, anyway, thank you all for coming down. And of course, you guys just got done presenting at the Futures Now. First gen lawyers speak on their issues challenges and hope. So how'd it go? Was it a good uh, presentation? Yeah, it was really wonderful. I So this was actually my first panel I've ever spoken on. And this okay. is actually also my first time moderating any panel. And it was kind of a last minute thing because we actually had um, somebody who was supposed to be the moderator, but they couldn't make it. And they're like, okay, Nada, like you're, you're in the hot seat now. And I'm just like, okay, I need to go like practice or something. So it was last minute, but um, I think there was a really great turnout. She did great. Yeah. She did great. So <laughs> not just a presenter, she's a moderator as well. Double threat gal. Yeah, exactly. So now I can like add that to my resume. It's gonna be it's gonna be a game changer. <laughs> All right, perfect, perfect. So my first question, and so uh, everybody here, we have we have one person who's an immigrant from India. So uh, and that that would be Samya, and uh, so she's she's an immigrant from uh, from India. But everyone else is it's first generation in the family to be lawyers. So the question, the burning question, is why law school is difficult, uh, sometimes very boring. So. Uh, but a serious question. What was your calling? What drew you to the practice of law? Why don't we start with Alicia? So the short answer to that is to help people. Um, but the longer real answer is uh, I grew up very poor, um, under the poverty level, very low socioeconomic status in a, in a very bad neighborhood. Um, and when we finally moved out of there, which was Corpus Christi, we moved to El Paso, Texas. Um, and that came with a higher level of income and, and just larger perspective on life. And I realized that a lot of people who were in situations like that had legal issues. Um, anything from criminal histories to rent, tenant issues, anything like that. And so uh, it was it was what drew me into law. I wanted to be the person who could help, but I also wanted to get out of the situation that I was born into. All right, so I mean, I'm going to ask you last. So I want to go to Nada, though. So uh, what was your calling towards the practice of law? Um, so my calling came very much later in life. And I only say that because whenever I was growing up, I actually wanted to be an actor. 
Um, and my parents hated that idea. And so like getting to be on this podcast and like doing the panel earlier, like I was saying, like, I feel like I'm getting my two seconds of fame. Um, but with that, <laughs> said, with that said, um, I ended up graduating from college. I started doing some human resources jobs and I loved it. And I, that's where I realized I really loved being in the support role, loving to help the people at the companies I was working at, but it didn't feel like enough just because I didn't feel, um, very empowered to make decisions. I didn't feel like I was making enough of an impact. Um, and so like throughout my life, my mom had always suggested that I go to law school. And so after being in those HR positions, that's when I kind of took the leap because I was like, hey, like maybe this is the change I'm looking for. Like maybe this will be the impact that I'll eventually make. And so I did. And I agree, like law school was pretty much torture. It was not fun for I think anybody, <laughs> but like going through that and now getting to do what I do now, I am glad that I'm not in acting or trying to be in, in acting at all. So it was a good decision, I think. All right. And uh, we saved uh, Samia because new country, uh, you know, all new job, you know, no history in your family being lawyers. And so what, what drew you to that? I mean, a lot of new for you. Yeah. So I actually wanted to be a vet initially, but then turns out I'm allergic to cats. And oh, that would have been unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. So I decided to pivot and I wanted to be a designer, but I come from a very conservative family, a conservative Indian pastor background family. And my parents were like, no, let's not do designer. You can be a doctor, a nurse, an engineer, a pharmacist, maybe the law. And so my path to lawyering actually came out of rebellion. Uh, because I wanted to do the worst thing an Indian girl could do. And people would come to our house and be like, no, don't let her go to law school because she'll never get married. Or if she does go to law school, make sure she's married before she goes. It was just out of rebellion. But then also during undergrad, I had a professor, Professor Maish. Uh, he was an attorney for the ABLE Commission in Oklahoma. And he just had this burning passion for the law and kind of rubbed up, rubbed off on me and that's why I decided to go to law school. I think you should take your designer uh, inclinations and design a t-shirt. So uh, lawyer by way of rebel. Seriously, that'd be <laughs> awesome. All right. So my, my next question for you, you know, obviously, um, you know, if, if there have been people that you know are pretty close to have kind of blazed the path in front of you, they can steer you through. And I remember when I applied to law school, the, the weirdest thing for me was the whole uh, LSAC process. I'm like, the central repository to put all my scores. Why? Like, why can't I just apply to it? It was a whole thing. Like I had to learn all that new stuff and LSAT, things like that. So it's just blazing new territory. But I imagine, you know, if you didn't have any exposure to any of that, it would have been a challenge. But, you know, just want to kind of go down the line here and ask, what was the biggest challenge being kind of first a family to go to law school? And since we started with Alicia last time, we'll start with Nada this time. So I think for me, um, just, I felt really lost, right? And so like my, I remember like my mom, she really did put in the work. Like it, it was almost like she was gonna go to law school with me because of the amount of research that she did. And so I must say that like the amount of work and like research and time on the internet spent that she did was very helpful. But even so, like once I got into law school, it was a whole new world, right? Like I had no idea where to get an internship. I had no idea how to network. And I'm actually a very introverted person. And so like for me to go to like some happy hour or to go to some like 
after class event like that was going to really like cause me to sweat like it was not going to be easy and so just like navigating like being able to meet people and make connections and um, what helped me was actually to lean on my school classmates and also my law school professors and so just doing that and, and creating this like small niche group of people within my law school helps because each one of us knew one or two other people and that kind of helped us create a little bit more of a, a network for us I guess. All right so I'm the same question. So I struggled a lot after undergrad. I knew I wanted to go to law school, but I wasn't completely sure because I didn't want to rack in all of this debt. And I just wanted to talk to a lawyer. I took a year off. And just finding that one lawyer to talk to was a big struggle. I didn't know a single lawyer. My parents didn't know a single lawyer. No one in our church knew a single lawyer. So I just remembered the pharmacist I used to work for, his son wanted to go to law school. And so a customer actually gave him a 1L book. And uh, I reached out to my pharmacist and was like, hey, do you still have that book with you? So that was my way of learning what law school could potentially even look like. That was the biggest struggle. But then after you start law school, there's a different set of struggles. Oh, yeah. You learn all so. about struggle in law school. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. All right, Alicia, same question. So my biggest struggle is kind of along the same lines, but it started really early. Um, I was the most educated person in my family very early on. Um, and so even going through high school was difficult because I was in an engineering program and my parents really wanted me to do that. And getting through that while thinking about college, no one had gone to college. So they were very supportive, but they didn't know how to help me apply. They didn't know what was needed, deadlines. No one understood what we were doing. Um, so that was a struggle, just getting getting the facts to get into college. And I was lucky that a couple of my friends had family members who were helping them, so they tagged along and helped me. And then getting through college, it was, now how do I get to law school? And that was an even bigger issue to overcome, and I think it just continued that way. Once I got into law school, it was, what is the legal field? Just the knowledge and having nobody around who could say, this is what you're looking for, this is what you're doing, um, was probably the largest challenge. And it continued into the law field as well. And so just, just knowledge when you come from a family or a first-generation group who has no resources to get you there is really hard. Let's build on that. So uh, th this question comes by way of my girlfriend, who's a first-generation attorney as well. And so she said, you know, you ought to ask the panel, like, you know, why did they pick the particular area of law that they got into? And then what advice would they give to someone else who's a first-gen to break into their dream section of the law that they want to practice in? So we're going to start with Samia this time. So I was actually a probation officer for five years uh, while I went to law school. the most interesting background. Like, <laughs> unbelievable. All right. Yeah, continue. Sorry. Sorry. So I thought district attorney was my route. Uh, I'm going into criminal law. I love it. I'm great at it in school. I thought that was it. My path was etched out. And then COVID happened during my last semester of law school. And I didn't know if that was the path I wanted to go into immediately anymore. And everyone kept telling you, maybe start with civil and then switch over to criminal. That's easier. It's harder to make the switch the other way around. So I was like, okay. Um, <clears throat> and then one of my friends got this gig where she got to travel the world. It's like, wow, that's a really neat gig. I want that gig. And so she got me an interview at this firm where we did compliance law and we got to travel the world with that. And then when that project ended, I was like, okay, now I'm going to go back to criminal law. But then I was like, oh, maybe not just yet. I also don't know how to make that lateral change. And another friend introduced me to my current boss who does civil litigation. 
and I thought civil litigation was going to be the most boring sector of law where you just read contracts and do boring stuff, unlike criminal stuff. But it's been nothing but entertaining, of course. And that's how I ended up in civil litigation. So your advice as far as the uh, the career trajectory is make lots of friends. Make tons of friends. Rely on people. Don't be shy. I know law school tells you not to rely on people or like this person's going to get cut or that person's going to get cut. But no. What law school did you go to? (laughs) Sounds awful. But uh, no, rely on people. Share with them. Share your trouble. Share your journey. Share your joy. Just get to know people and trust them. That's all I have to say. That's great advice. All right, we're going to go next to Nada. So I, like I said, I worked in some HR jobs before law school. And so then I really thought I was going to be like a labor law lawyer and an employment lawyer. And I was going to be working in-house. So it was going to be nice. And to be honest, like when I graduated, I ended up getting a securities job. So I work at um, the state securities board, a state agency. And to be honest, I didn't even know what a security was. Like I was like, oh, security, like my house is secure. It's locked. But I'm like, oh, that's not what that is. And so it was a huge learning curve. And so, and I love it now because I get to learn about an entire body of law and industry that I had no idea even existed. And so I think I would just give advice to any law student or anybody looking for a new job or anybody like entering law school to just try everything out, like give everything a chance. Like don't think that you already have your mind made up um, because it might surprise you. And honestly, like I'm meeting a whole lot of people along the way and, and to be honest, like I'm still a baby lawyer, right? So I still got many years to go. So I always shift as time may allow. Um, so I would just say to t- try everything out and see what you like and also don't like. All right. Uh, same question, Alicia. So I kind of like Nada was saying, I did not try everything out. I was the opposite of what her advice was. I knew what I wanted to do and I wanted to be a criminal defense lawyer. Um, and I was convinced nothing else was interesting, not even the other side. And so I did law school with that in mind. And I joined one of my professors, Cheryl Watley, on one of her cases as a criminal defense attorney and worked the case and was in love with it. And she kept saying, you're a prosecutor, not a defense attorney. And that was upsetting to me. And when I got out of law school, I found a job as a criminal defense attorney, did that for a little bit and realized uh, there was some particular cases that I had that I just couldn't do. Um, And it threw me for a loop. I had no idea what I was going to do after that. I decided I had to leave the firm. Um, I couldn't do that kind of work, but I didn't know what I was going to do, so I interviewed at a DA's office, the opposite of what I ever intended to do, and I ended up loving it. And so currently, I'm an assistant district attorney in Kaufman County, and um, I had a lot of different types of cases, um, but it is the opposite of what I thought I would do, and I enjoy it very much. And so what I would tell as advice, though, to younger attorneys just starting out, um, definitely try everything out, but especially um, just take one step at a time. It was really hard for me to find a job when I graduated, um, and it took a long time. And so everything that you have in front of you, even if it's a project that you don't particularly have any interest in, 110% every time someone will notice, that person will put you in contact with another person who will notice your hard work and it'll get you where you want to be. That's really, really great advice. So we just have a a minute or so left, but uh, I definitely want to tap into what you all learned outside of the law. And so being new is not easy, you know, breaking into a new industry without any familiar uh, mile markers, not an easy chart, not new territory. So with that in mind, somebody that's going into, wants to go into law, 
doesn't have any exposure to it. What great piece of advice would you give them to make their journey a little bit easier now that you've been down the path? And we're going to close out this time. I'm going to go right back to Alicia. So I'd say one day at a time, one problem at a time. Uh, It's very easy to be overwhelmed because you don't know and you may not have the direction that you're looking for from someone. But take it one step at a time, work 110% and talk to the people around you. Someone will notice and you'll get there. All right, Samia. I would say pay attention to where you're going. So you don't want to jump to the first highest offer with a big firm with the highest offer, yada, yada, yada. You know, pay attention to the culture you're going into because a toxic work culture can really make you sour in the practice. So make sure you're paying attention that people that are going to be working with you or leading you, that they're going to help you grow and help you learn and guide you. You need that guidance as a first-generation lawyer. You need that guidance as a new attorney. So make sure you're picking the people you work with diligently. All right, now to bring us home. And I think my piece of advice is definitely easier said than done, and I still struggle with it myself. But I would say to be confident, and if you're not feeling confident, to just act confident. And I think that with that, like, it's going to eventually turn into actual confidence. And with the more experience you get, it's just going to come naturally. And so I would just always keep that in the back of your head or the top of mind to be confident. All right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. I really appreciate you stopping by and sharing your experiences. Thanks for Thank you, us. Lawrence. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. And if you liked what you heard today and found it at all helpful, you know, please do us a solid. Uh, rate us positively in the podcasting apps or at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or better yet, the podcasting app that you prefer. So until next time, I'm Lawrence Cluddy, stepping in for Rocky Deer. This has been the State Bar of Texas Podcast. Have a wonderful day. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Go to texasbar.com slash podcasts, subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Find both the State Bar of Texas and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, the State Bar of Texas, Legal Talk Network, or their respective officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.